You are listening to the Better Breeders Podcast. My name is Ben Life, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in Osabuco, the Black Douglas. Welcome. Buongiorno. I'm speaking Italian today, Ben very, Life. Oh, very, very because, good. Because um, your partner, wife, Mary, is um, running the Italian... Wine and, Wine and Food, food festival. festival. Just a little plug there. Just a little plug. And, and, um, so I'm speaking Italian much. to yeah. draw attention to the same. Exactly. Cross-promotion. Cross-promotion this weekend. Um, well, by the time this goes to where we were long since passed. But if you'd like to uh, sample an Italian wine or a, or a fresh pasta, then it mm. uh, comes around every year about this time. Um, look out for it. There's a lot of food festivals out there. Have you been to any food festivals? You're, a, you're, you're what they call a foodie, Doug, aren't you? Well, I am. I, you know, if if it's edible, I'm eating it. <laughs> I think more than edible. I think you've got a higher standard to me. I, um, you know, when in doubt, just still get out cornflakes and you know at any time of the day because you know you've got to get food into you. Whereas uh, in food, is a bit more like just fuel. And I think I inherited that from my uh, my my mother, who bless her soul, was a terrible cook, <laughs> and my dad, who had sinus problems, so he couldn't taste anything, and I was an absolute disaster. <laughs> that we had a well-fed dog. I tell you what, growing up, but it was where did you get your your cooking skills from? Uh, our mum, mum was an all right cook, mm. and uh, and uh, yeah, I learned to watch, uh, learned to cook from watching TV shows. Really? Oh, really? So it's yes. kind of more in recent years, because because growing up in the seventies. There wasn't a lot of variety of food. There wasn't a lot of there wasn't an Asian aisle in the supermarket, and there weren't really cooking shows, were there? Um, well, Peter Russell Clark. Yeah, Peter Russell Clark. Bernard yeah. King. Bernard King. <laughs> Bernard King. We, we could have a whole, learn a lot from Bernard King. We could have a whole Bernard King uh, podcast. Though I really, I think he really hit his stride on blankety of, blanks. And, I thought it was pot of, gold. pot of gold. Pot of gold. Yeah, yeah. That, that great. I'm line. sure Bernard was on blankety blanks, though, wasn't he? From time to yeah, time. Yeah, Bernard. Uh, Bernard was. He was brutal. And I remember yeah. there was that there was that wonderful episode of Pot of Gold where two twins came on and they sang terribly, and Bernard said to them, "I suppose your parents tell you that you are wonderful singers," and they said, "Yes, they do." And Bernard goes, "Well, don't listen to them. <laughs> They're lying. He's destroying these kids. They must have been twelve. And he said. Even in a choir of 30 or 40, you'd still stand out and you'd still be terrible. And and, and Bernard would Bernard was a judge. He was a, a, a bald guy. Um, I, I don't want to cast aspersions, but I'm assuming a, a friend of Dorothy. Pink shirts, flowing sideburns. And he would destroy. He would destroy these kids. And because I remember they've done things like, you know, Junior MasterChef and yeah. Junior Spelling Bee. And, and the shows never work. Because even if the kid's terrible, the judges can never rip in. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Everyone gets an attendance Bernard award. Bernard King ripped in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old school. Old school. He, <laughs> he, he delivered tough love. There was no certificates handed out for participation. If you went up to, to, to Bernard's standards. I, I mean, how does a guy like Bernard get a career? Like, I don't know. I, I've got to look him up. We've got to post something on our, on our weekly newsletter. Yeah. It's worth a bit of an investigation, I think. It's, this could be a longer episode. Yeah, we've got to have a Bernard King episode. If anyone would like a longer, maybe a, a three-part series on Bernard, write in. Write in. I, I, I totally agree. Now, while we're talking of, of great Australian TV, mm. uh, I've noticed of late the announcement of or the completion of a number of remakes of Australian TV. So oh um, yep. in Australia, we have Wentworth, which is a, a remake of, of Prisoner, uh, which was a, a, a women's prison show of the 70s, an absolute... Mm. 
absolute smash hit comedy show. Uh, not comedy show. Well, it was a comedy in hindsight. <laughs> I, they, I think most people laughed. Didn't they slam the doors of the cell and the walls and wobble because they were just painted cardboard or something <laughs> like that? Uh, there's, you know, in a few years back, we had a remake of The Devil's Playground, which is a Fred Skepsy film about um, priests molesting boys in a Catholic mm, boarding school. That's not funny. That's not funny. Um, but, and it was a, it was, it didn't translate well to modern times. You'd think the subject matter would be very relevant today, but um, it was, you know, it's interesting that they, they chose to remake that that title. Mm. Announced this week... Uh, Topical with the with the Royal Commission, I suppose. Absolutely. Announced this week was uh, a remake of Romper Stomper, the Russell Crowe film from, I believe, 20 years ago, which at mm. the time was um, Russell played a Nazi skinhead mm. um, fighting with Vietnamese refugees in, in the city of Melbourne. I think this might have been the film that um, took Russell to Hollywood, if I'm correct. Yes. You yes. followed Russell's cl- career quite closely, Black. Well, I'm a big fan of... I'm, I'm a music... We're both music fans. Oh, yeah. And you know I'm a big fan of Russell's band, Toefog. Ah, 30-odd foot or 20-odd foot? I don't know. Jeez, the name just rolls off the tongue, (laughs) doesn't it? Imagine searching that on iTunes. Um, But he's a great, great singer. And and poet. I I think he does a bit of acting as well, doesn't he? He does a bit of acting. He was a a poet. He was a bard. Mm. Um, And he, um, like, I think he, I, I think he would... In the uh, pretense of promoting a movie, insist his band perform, which is the only way they were going to get any exposure because they were ahead of their time. Toefog, yeah, um, big. They were big in the Coffs Harbour area. Uh, I forget what his farm is called up there, Glen Glen something. Um, but there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of actors who've tried their hands at music, and um, it, it's rarely ended well, has it? I know. Um, yes. Yeah, so who else? Um... What's her name? Oh, I think they've all picked up a guitar. Yeah. They've all picked up a guitar at one stage. I'll tell you who's really good mm. is, um, well, two, maybe not actor, Woody Allen. He plays yeah. the clarinet in some Dixieland jazz band, doesn't oh, he? Really? Or something like that. He's a clarinet playing Steve Martin's his banjo. Oh, he's quite good. Yeah. And, he's got his, and you look at him, though, <laughs> and he's playing right. banjo, and he's really competent. <laughs> but because he's so funny, you're always thinking, is this? Is there a joke that I'm, you know, I'm not in on? Um, I, I love that. But also back to the TV show comebacks. Yeah. Um, Pete Nicky Hanging Rock is being made into a TV series. Now, I remember seeing Pete Nicky Hanging Rock when it first came out. I was at the Stratfield um, Twin or whatever the cinema was mm. at the time with uh, my next door neighbour, Brad Irvine. And we sort of were a bit freaked out. And we were, there were four <laughs> people in the cinema and we were crawling yeah. around and, you know, because we'd been left there. It looked like a, a decent film. It was actually quite scary, I found, Pete yeah. Nicky Hanging Rock. Spooky. But it was one of those things where the author said, I will re- reveal the ending 30 years after the fact, wasn't it? Mm, or something mm. like that. And I, it wasn't, the, I mean, no one really paid much attention, but mm. wasn't the story that aliens came down and stole the girls or wasn't something totally like she just made it up as in quickly? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yes. What, what, so what, was it ever revealed? I think it was, and I, I may be making this up, but I thought there was some sort of alien invasion. Mm. Because you and I used to grow up with a guy, well, we grew up with a guy whose sister was uh, in Picnicky Hanging Rock. Andrew Lambert. Yeah, that's mm. right. Well, she, mm. I think she was Miranda. Miranda. If you're listening and you and, and you don't know this film, definitely go and uh, do your local video easy and uh, get get the VHS copy out and have a look. Um, I, I believe um, I believe Pan Pipes Records, <laughs> which were part of the soundtrack, Ooh. enjoyed a 
surge in a rare surge in sales after yeah, picnic at hanging rock. That's right because I mean hot I, property for a while after that panpipe music. We've both noticed the lack of soul music in uh, in the Australian record collection of the seventies, and, and this mm. is evidenced by when you go to any sort of suburban market, there's no soul records, mm. but there's a lot of panpipe pan flute. Albums. People are, people were dumping them shortly <laughs> after they bought them. <laughs> I don't know if it's the official soundtrack. Um, That's why they were in the markets. And then there's a film called Wake in Fright, which is being made Great by, um, which is being made, and I think for for Channel Ten. Um, I, I know someone, uh, TV critic Andrew McCarter, who said it's his favourite Australian film of all time. Um, it's it's I watched mm. it at the time and then forgotten about it, and years later came back and saw, and it was terrifying. In, yeah. a, in a way that not like a, a true horror, it was just this tension of, of animal cruelty and drunkenness. Mm. Yeah, brutal, brutal Aussies. Yeah, so I don't know how that translates because um, we sort of have sanitised the bush since, haven't we? Mm. Mm. And wasn't, and Wake in Fright was nearly lost, wasn't it? It was, it was, it, it was. And they got wiped. Yeah, they, it, 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 a copy of it was only kind of found in someone's back shed or some story oh, like fantastic. that. Fantastic. And, uh, the whole what we see today was revived from that found print. Wow! Mm. There's all those stories of of when we moved from producing TV on film to to video and the early sort of videotapes. There are stories of you know a guy uh, they were being stored in a in a in a on some compactors in a room, but on the mm. other side of the wall with some giant magnet that wiped you know yeah. half of half of um, number ninety six or something like that. And so. We're terrible archivists, mm. uh, Australians, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, I actually, uh, off topic a little bit, I found a little box of videos quite a while back. Um, one of those videos was a hi-eight tape of a wonderful rock and roll band called Lickfest um, playing at the Excelsior Hotel, live at the Excelsior. Had that transferred. Features the, the Black Douglas dressed uh, as um, one of the members of Kraftwerk. Um, there was... It was a art band and we've been mm. in a few art bands mm. Mm. um so to see that on hi8 and the best thing was the camera which was a hi8 camera one of the early sort of portable video cameras was just propped on a speaker so it really <laughs> only shows pictures of of the black douglas the and framing's then, not the best is it? people jumping in and out i remember <laughs> specifically handing it to handing it to someone and saying I'm sorry about that. I just uh, dropped some electronic items on the floor. Handing it to someone saying, can you can you film the show? Yeah, no worries. Got the tapes back and he just propped it up and probably gone to, to chat up uh, a bird, you know, in the room that night at the Excelsior Hotel. Buy a, dozen, uh, buy a double Southern Comfort and Coke. Exactly. I mean, we did choose that room because Radio Birdman had once played there. By the time we got it, I think it was an alfresco Italian uh, dying cafe with horrible acoustics. Um, I think we had to move the Bain Marie out of the way to. <laughs> we did, set and up the, the guy PA. the guy made me promise that we'd drink at least five hundred dollars worth of alcohol, otherwise I had to pay for the room. And I think we uh, well and truly drank that much alcohol. Um, the good Diesel, our friend Diesel, not the Johnny Diesel, but another Diesel, I think drank most Michael of Roberts. it. Michael Roberts. Yeah, so I think he drank most of it. Um, so TV remakes. Uh, is it the death of ideas? Do these ideas, do these great titles need to be brought back? Um, mm. And are there others that you think we should be bringing back uh, to our screens? I'm not sure if you remember the work of the great Australian uh, actor, Jack Thompson. He was in a film called Peterson, a sheep shearing movie, I think it was. And I've never seen Peterson. Is it great? Break, he was in Break Morant. Oh, it's ridiculous. And I mean, <laughs> as a 12-year-old, it was a chance to see some boobs. I mean, really, that's what we, they were, they were pretty fruity, those Australian films at the time. Well, there was the 10BA scheme, wasn't there? It was a tax scheme. Mm. Uh, which what, what was the deal with 10BA? You, you invested 
you invested a dollar and you got a dollar fifty back. <laughs> yeah, didn't in, matter in whether it did scheme, any good or not. There were still similar tax schemes in place. I was thinking, you know, I, I you know, the Barry McKenzie films, which was oh, uh, you was, couldn't I, remake. You that. couldn't remake them because it's you know you've got to have Barry Crocker and and Barry Humphreys. I don't think you could remake that. And, and Philip Adams producing. You lose context. These films were very much of of their time, mm. and I think you bring them back. Uh, and I think that all you can do is think of the original. And you're sitting mm. there thinking the original. I must say though that I'm not sure if you saw Puberty Blues, the remake on on uh, on TV a couple no, of years ago. It was fantastic. It was really mm. well done. And Puberty Blues was a bit of a corny movie at the time, but with a sort of a dark undertone, not unlike Saturday Night uh, Fever, which had a very dark undertone. I thought it was just a disco movie mm. until I rewatched it, and 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 it was much darker than I thought. And I think with Puberty Blues, they did it really well. The remake and. Uh, Perhaps that's evidence that it can be done. Another another sort of theme in Australian TV is the biopic. Mm. So uh, Hoags, there's there's a film, there's a miniseries oh, called Hoags. Oh, that was appalling, Hoags. wasn't it? Yeah, like I only saw the promo, which mm. is like you know I did my HSC and only ever read the crib notes. So I think that's how you do it. You don't ever <laughs> go to the text; you just go for the notes about the text. Um, Hoags, and it's it's kind of funny because it's exactly the same actors in everyone. So one mm. one one series they're playing a killer, the next is Hoag's mate and Strop. Mm. Um, Lockie Helm seems to be in every one of those. Biopics. In everyone, oh that's right. There's the, the good one was was it the Packer versus Murdoch? That yeah, was actually quite good. I, I quite yeah. enjoyed that because I like those stories. We've had the Lang Hancock um, mm. um, uh, bio, um, which is sort of more about Gina Reinhardt, and I think she took offence. To the she portrayal. tried to injunct it, didn't she? She injuncted it. Uh, Molly, the Molly Meldrum mm. story, which actually probably did the best. And I think probably because it's just pure nostalgia. And mm. uh, they tried to recreate a lot of the scenes. No uh, one had a bad way to... No one had a bad bad word to say about Molly, did they? They didn't, but I think you, you and I as, as uh, cultural archivists realise that there's a lot more going on at the time than just Countdown. And Countdown was cringeworthy. And I think you'd really, you know, once you were sort of in the know, you'd... You'd be watching Countdown, mm. looking out for Iggy Pop, mm. or Devo, or the Church, or or the Johnnies, or something. You're looking for those sort of things that snuck in because they had a quiet week. Mm. Um, and yes. if you if you've never watched Countdown, start with the Iggy Pop episode where he is uh, excitable, yeah. and uh, yeah. and he was at a kind of his. His Berlin period at the time. I think he might have done Lost for Life and just I think he hadn't didn't had mime. much sleep, had he? Before he, he hadn't much sleep and he refused to mime. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favourite moments in Australian TV. We've had the uh, In Excess biopic. Yes. And watching the In Excess biopic, I thought, well, there is a whole series of bios on Australian bands whose singer has sadly passed. Mm. Um, ACDC is an obvious one, but I hear Alberts make it very difficult to get hold to, you know, the original music. Mm. Um, the Divinals. Divinals, I always say it like that. Mm. Dragon, um, they would, they, you know, April Sun in Cuba would have been, you know, a, a wonderful uh, sort of title t- title track. Um, who else was there? Skyhooks. Yes. With Shirley Strawn. That'd be a great bio. There's all sorts of shenanigans in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we can sort of mind that. I think the music ones will do better than mm. than some of the these hit and miss. Biopics. I mean, do you think this should be a Better Breeders project? It should can, can be. Better Breeders yeah, produce I these films? I don't really want to. Yeah, we could. We could under under the. Should the, the listeners write in if they think? Yeah. You know, if they want to crowdfund us, they should crowdfund us. Where will we start? Which is the story that? Um, I mean, I'd love to start with Bon Scott, but I think that mm. might be a bit difficult. Um, maybe we'd have to start 
with with dragon. Yeah. Because they've been more easily forgotten, I think. Who else has passed away? The singer of the Little River Band, not Glenn Sharrock's still with us, I'm sure. Um, yeah, sadly. <laughs> sadly. Oh, <laughs> Reminiscing is one of the great songs. Um, but anyway, I think that... Uh, Air yeah. Supply, are they still going? Yeah, I think they don't... I don't think they've lost a singer. Mm. Um, but there's been a, a lot of those bands from the 70s had. Ted Mulry. We could start with the Ted oh, Mulry gang. Jump in my car. Jump in my car. I think you'd probably get the music for a song, you know. Um they uh, so there's, there's Stevie there's Wright did he did he die? He's gone. Yeah. Easy beats. Yeah. Oh, see so there you go. There's there's twelve weeks of, of of ratings gold. So if you'd like to crowdfund us, send send it in, and uh, we can uh, we'll probably make it on our phones. I think we <laughs> get a bit of archival footage <laughs> off YouTube. You don't need any cameras anymore, do you? you just no. Make all no. films on your phones. No, yeah. exactly. Um, An speak- iPhone's just a camera with a phone attached. It's a camera with a phone attached. Mm. Um, speaking of nostalgia, which, you know, we try not to delve into mis- nostalgia. This is the Better Breeders podcast where we try and make sense of modern life. But sometimes you hear a story that makes you makes you reminisce of a time you've largely forgotten. I was listening to a podcast, uh, Conversations, which is um, hosted by Richard Feidler on the mm. ABC. And he had, a, he had a podcast about a famous rugby league match between the South Sydney Rabbitohs and, and, the, and the, the Balmain Tigers. And mm. it was very much mm. when rugby league was city-based and different characters, blokes would have a job and their job would be garbage collector or milkman when, when those professions mm. uh, still, still existed. Well, garbage man still does. But he tells a tale of, I, f- I forget the name of the player, a famous um, player uh, on the Balmain Tigers side who I think was of Irish descent and the tale goes of how he was the real life of the party. And mm. he would be, he was very he was well known for turning up to a party, and I quote, with a piano, accordion, and a case of Resch's DA. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the, for the, view, for the listeners who, who That's may That's how not, you know the party's started. Yeah, and I thought, what a wonderful character. <laughs> for those who don't know uh, Black, tell us about the, the, the Resch's DA. What was that? Um, I think it was basically VB with a different... <laughs> Can wasn't it? And but, cra- as, as allegedly Crown Lager is just VB in a <laughs> really in a gold label bottle. Wow! Yeah. Because because of the time, even when it's we, just generic beer, isn't it? It's, even when we were young, DA Dinner Ale was for mm, old men, mm. and it was it it was just the it, it might have been the only beer you could get. You would have got um, Dinner Ale. Mm. Um, you would have got like a Reshus Blue, like the New South Wales drink. The Queenslanders had their four X, and the Victorians had their Victoria Bitter. And then KB, I'm not sure if that was a national beer, but um, I think it just paints a picture of, 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 of times lost when mm. a chap would turn up, you know, a night out with a rugby league team with a piano accordion and, 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 a, and a case of Resh's DA. I mean, can you imagine what would have gone on that night? They'd be, <laughs> imagine the sing-along, the team song, probably I'd say some bawdy, some bawdy limericks set yes. to the piano accordion. Um, I, I miss, I miss those. I'd love to go to a party where a chap turns up with a piano accordion and a... I think there were songs sung like our, our, uh, great old friend, Richard Harry. Ah, yes. Uh, used to sing a song after a few, um, Rush's Pilsner's Silver Bullets. Oh yeah. Uh, called Charlotte the Harlot. <laughs> old fashioned rugby songs. Was His dad one, was an old... On Monday I touched her on the ankle. <laughs> On Tuesday, I touched her uh, on the knee. That's enough, Ben Roth. That's enough. We'll stop it right there. Oh, yeah. I think there were rugby tours of Europe that used to sing the rounds of that song for... for Charlotte the Harlot. Hour upon hour. 
If um, you'd like to, if you'd like us to place the lyrics for Charlotte the Harlot up on the website, <laughs> listeners, write in. I've never been able to get to the end of the song. I, I, I kind of run out of uh, rhyming couplets. <laughs> but uh, oh, yes, that uh, that would definitely go well with the piano accordion. So. Um, if you want to hear more uh, another snapshot of Australian life, go to that podcast episode. It's on the it's on the feed. I do enjoy Richard Feidler's podcast because he's he is curious uh, as we try to be, and uh, it's kind of a rare thing to find an interviewer who doesn't uh, think they're the subject of the interview mm. <laughs> these days mm. in in modern media. Um, I was thinking today we we close today with a with a wonderful little bit of uh, fraudulent reporting. Uh, there's a story um, in the press this week. I think it's a company, is it Neurofin or Neurogenic, have been sued for false advertising. I love a good false advertising story. Mm, mm. Um, it remind, And it was, basically, they had these different brands of, of painkillers. And one, you know, this one's special for back pain. This one's for migraine. This one's for period pain. Turns out, after testing, they're all exactly the same. Yep. Um, they're all just ibuprofen. I, all ibuprofen. And um, do you think they tried to cover it up or they just sort of assumed that, well, you, you know, you're going to get this? I mean... I think I've actually bought it for back pain, thinking it was going to cure. And maybe the aphrod... Oh, not the aphrodisiac. Well, maybe that as well. <laughs> maybe the placebo effect helps the back. That's just oyster, oysters. <laughs> oysters kill Patrick. That's the aphrodisiac. <laughs> and some curry powder, according to Les and Patterson. And a couple of neurofins. <laughs> um, I, mean, do you, I mean, should we be more... I'm, I'm, I should be more suspicious mm. of packaging. There's a great story this week about... I think it was um, one of the bottled water companies claiming that it was a natural spring and they just... At a bloke filling it up the local tap yeah. or something that was in the US. They just what's it? What's the? Um, it's just it's the it's the differentiation between advertising puff and <laughs> stating things with enough precision. And they all try it on, I think, don't they? Mm. But then the you know, it's all a bit of a game. It is a game. Um, I mean, I you know, your health is a game. Your you know, your back pain is a is a bit of a game. It is. Um, and because I I live in a household where I do notice that there are. Um, vitamins, mm. um, bottles of vitamins, you know, strewn around the house. Um, they're all priced at between 20 and 50 bucks. Mm. And if you go to the wall of vitamins, there's 50 ailments, which they all claim to cure. Mm. Um, and I, I read a report that, you know, they'd done a test of one range from one of the companies and there was only four that had any proven medical benefit and the rest are just colored tablets but maybe that's mm. okay i mean the placebo is the is the most effective drug um known and so maybe it's okay to 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 make it up but it either if it is okay then we're in the wrong business i choose my vitamins for the best flavor I, oh you do the ones that taste like orange fruit tingles yeah yeah you know why not yeah they, they sort of fizz in your mouth yeah um so you know look i've become a little bit more suspicious i'm i'm trying to read labels though i'm, I'm a little blind um, but you know, are we living in a nanny state? Why can't you just put anything on the packet on the packaging? Say it's mm. going to, you know, improve your IQ. Cause the other one I read this week, there was, there's a number of, um, neuro, neuroplasticity, uh, online subscriber products where you subscribe and you do these tests and apparently it staves off Alzheimer's, um, and Parkinson's, et cetera, just by sort of exercising the brain. And once again, mm. it's been tested by academics, uh, and proven that most of them are absolutely useless. Um, so... Uh, perhaps like uh, like uh, the name of this podcast. Who knows? Um, but uh, more on false advertising as we go. It's something that amuses me. I like a good scam. Mm. Um, I like uh, a little bit of uh, consumer dishonesty. Um, 
actually, as I talk, I think of the NBN right now. You know, Australia's great scheme. Oh, my God. It's turning into a turkey. You get They're promising the maximum speed you'll get if you have, you know, You're a cable You're trying to download home. this podcast right now, and it's like, NBN. Our Prime Minister Three promised letters. us that we'd be the innovation nation. Um, yeah. And right now we... Uh, we uh, have a, a parliament where we don't, where the parliamentarians don't know where they are born, and they're spending 120 millions to decide if, if people can get married. What a farce! Bloody Malcolm. Um, but look, we've talked about rugby league and politics, so I think it's time yeah. to sign off because you know two items we know very little about. Um, you have been listening to the Better Breeders podcast, uh, the Black Douglas sitting opposite me. My name is uh, Ben Life. This is the podcast where we try to make sense of modern life. Uh, we, uh, With varying degrees of success. Varying degrees of, the, of success, yeah. We were the, uh, the era that grew up with the Violet Crumble and the Chiquito. Um, these days, I walk the aisles and there's, there's so much chocolate, but so little character, you know. And um, unless you've got anything more to add to that topic, I might sign off. No other chocolate now. tastes like flake tastes. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Flake. It's chocolate and it's a description of dandruff. Um, so <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. This has been episode 105. Uh, if you want to f- hear more from us, go back to our previous es- episodes. Hunt us down uh, on on social media, on your preferred search engine, and we will see you next week. Ciao, Bellas. Goodbye. Goodbye.